In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and without him, not one thing came into being. Good morning. Good morning and Merry Christmas. It's still Christmas. Can you believe that? It's the seventh day of Christmas, to be exact. And because it's still Christmas, a season often known for the childlike wonder it so beautifully inspires, I thought today we would begin with a children's story. Seems appropriate, right? And not just any children's story, I might add, but a children's story that remains near and dear to my heart because it imparts a message it puts so well, a word that adults usually need to hear. The story in question, the one I'm thinking of, was artfully written by Leo Leone, and it's called Frederick so named for the main character of the book. And Frederick is a field mouse who lives together with his family in an old stone wall that runs along a meadow. Now, because winter is not far off, the book begins with all of the field mice busily working together to gather up the food they think they'll need to last them throughout the colder months of the year. Well, all of the field mice, except for Frederick. As Frederick's family members work day and night to collect corn and nuts and wheat and straw, they eventually pause to say, to ask Frederick, why don't you work? Why don't you come and help us find the provisions we need? But Frederick responds, I do work, I do. I gather up sun rays because the days of winter are cold and they're dark. And not just sun rays, I gather up colors too, he continues, because winter is gray. And not just colors, I gather up words, Frederick says, because the days of winter are long and many, and if I don't, we'll run out of things to say. Well, the winter days do eventually come, and when they arrive, the five little field mice, Frederick and his family, move to their home inside the old stone wall. And for a little while, things are fine. They have plenty to eat. The mice tell tales of foolish foxes and silly cats. They are a happy family. They are content. But then, little by little, they eventually nibble up all the food that was gathered. And it's pretty cold inside the wall, so that's a bummer. And while it once seemed like there was plenty to talk about, as time wears on, the conversation runs dry too. Yet, then the mice remember something. 
They remember what Frederick had mentioned about sun rays and colors and words. What about your supplies, they ask him. What have you stored up and brought with you? Close your eyes, Frederick says. And after that, Frederick gets on a rock and begins to describe the rays of the sun, how they are golden and glow. And as Frederick speaks of the sun, the four little mice begin to feel warmer. And how about the colors, the mice anxiously ask. Tell us about those, they say. And so Frederick does. He tells them of the blue periwinkles, the red poppies and the yellow wheat. And as he speaks, it is as if the mice see the colors painted across their minds. Finally, the mice ask Frederick about the words he's been saving. So Frederick pauses, clears his throat, and recites four beautiful stanzas about the seasons of the year. And as he finishes his performance, the other mice applaud and shout every one of them. Frederick, they say, you are a poet. In a conversation with the devil, Jesus says, one does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's a nifty turn of phrase, but I have to admit, I don't think I'd make a very good monk or ascetic. I quite like bread and a cozy bed and a life characterized as both stable and secure. These are gifts I'm grateful for. On a deeper level, I like order and routine. I like color coding the events on my day planner. And there are few things I find more satisfying than checking off every item on my grocery list. The problem is, the problem is that I know myself too well. I know I have a bad habit of using the maintenance of the day-to-day -day structure of my own life as a distraction from all the other stuff. The stuff I either don't want to do or the stuff I know I should do but too often procrastinate. And if the frantic and frenetic pace of both this city and this world has given me anything, it is a love for distractions, for small things, for anything, any task that helps to keep the small red bouncing ball that governs my attention span moving forward without pausing anywhere too long. So I continue along for a little while, making lists and checking boxes, and I let my head be entertained by tales of foolish foxes and silly cats, until eventually my heart begins to ache, because I haven't tended to basic spiritual practices, or pulled myself from screens long enough to enjoy a real Sabbath, or checked in with God to have an honest conversation about where we are with his call on my life, his call to love him and to love my neighbors as myself. Jesus' words to the devil do not mean that bread isn't important. They do not mean that we should take for granted or fail to value the corn, nuts, wheat, and straw that sustain the living of our days. Instead, what Jesus is saying is that our lives, our true lives, also need tending to. They need color. 
and they need the sunlit radiance of our connection to God. And they need words, specifically today's words, the words of our gospel reading, the words of the Christmas miracle, of the best story ever told, the words that announce that unto us a child is born, the words that proclaim Emmanuel, God with us. A couple of weeks ago on the second Sunday of Advent, we read the opening verses of Mark's gospel, the beginning of which comes making no soft start. No poetry, no cute baby nestled in a manger. As I said then, I'll say now, it appears on the face of it that Mark just simply does not have time for all of that. He doesn't have time for a cute baby in an elegant turn of phrase because, oh my gosh, wow, the coming of God is near. It's very near and we have to get ready. Don't diddle about you fool, time is of the essence, Mark seems to say. And while, yes, there's any number of reasons why Mark's approach to introducing the good news of Jesus Christ merits appreciation, today instead we do get a little poetry. We get John 1. And as such, we can just as easily stop to consider why this approach, John's approach, merits appreciation too. Here again those words. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him. And without Him, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in Him was life. And the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Among the many gifts of seeing the Christmas story through John's view is the ability to walk a parallel with the book of Genesis, another in the beginning story, a story that reminds us that in creation God brought order out of chaos, something out of nothing, simply by uttering a word. And so it continues in John's telling of it that that word took on flesh, that the divine took on human form. Or to borrow from Eugene Peterson, we could say that the word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood. That God burst onto the scene, changing everything the way babies often do. Now, all of this isn't to say that the fierce practicality of Mark, the urgency of it, the pace that seems to say, hurry, there are corn, nuts, wheat, and straw that need to be gathered. This isn't to say that fierce practicality does not have its place. After all, winter comes every year. Advent and Christmas come every year. And the work of the gospel is present all the time. So we need to be ready. Yet what I think John's words, John's poetry, implores all of us to do is to be tutored by a different way of being in this world. It's a way that begs each of us to lift our heads up so that we might see beyond the upkeep of the day to day, so that we might finally notice that God is here, that God is alive now. He's present and being born anew all the time. God's coming isn't only an event from the past or a hope for the future, but an inbreaking of the divine that happens all the time, that happens in the poetry of our lives. Amidst the countless challenges of our present moment, it has become all too tempting 
increasingly alluring, to take on a maintenance mentality and ignore all the other stuff that begs such a different way of being present and navigating these days. Even as we know that the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth act in continuous challenge of that mindset, even as we know that God is calling us to more, but I get it. I understand the sentiment because the days of winter are cold and dark and gray, and they are long, too long it often seems. As I said before, if the frantic and frenetic pace of this city and this world has given me anything, it's a love for distractions, for small things, for any task that then seems to keep the small red bouncing ball that governs my attention moving forward. And all of this can feel especially true when it appears like the light of God's presence is both distant and faint. And yet, and yet, every year, even this one, even in 2023, Christmas comes. No match for the events that have happened before, God continues to break into our lives with joy triumphant, which always seems unlikely until we remember the improbable circumstances that heralded the first Christmas all those years ago. The trick now, and frankly all the time, is to hold on to it, to harness that joy and to share it. Because the world needs light. It needs color. It needs poetry. It needs every person in this room to take up the full mantle of baptism, believing there is more. It needs words, these words, the words Emmanuel, God with us. The prophet Isaiah says, How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of the messenger who announces peace, who brings good news, who announces salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Beloved in Christ, it's Christmas. It is still Christmas today. So lift up your voice. Break forth into song. Drop the devices and games that distract you from your true life. Leave the maintenance work for another day. See the inbreaking of God this day and every day. Be messengers. Carry news to all the corners of the world that Christ the Savior is born. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.